0: 2 Timothy 4, reading from 1 to 5. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. May the Lord bless this reading.
1: So I had to turn the mic on and then off and then on again. There's a, um, there's a sense of expectation uh, when God's people come together and... Um, because you don't know what he's going to say to you today and he's all going to speak to us in a different way so in that context I'll pray and I'd like to say this prayer um, my good friend Rob Neal, just here will remember Dr. Bob Pillman and he always started his sermons with this prayer May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you my God and my rock. In July 1969 the Parkes radio telescope the dish as it's called played an important role in the history of mankind when it received and broadcast the first man setting foot on the moon. This allowed 600 million people, one fifth of humanity at the time uh, to watch the broadcast, to see and to listen to the immortal words of Neil Armstrong. That's one small step for man and that's one giant giant leap for mankind. That uh, historical event was uh, well depicted um, from the uh, Aussie perspective in the movie The Dish. It was about ordinary people Um, achieving extraordinary things, there were two lines in that movie that that caught my attention. The first one was, this is science's chance to be daring. And the other one was, sometimes you've got to take a risk. Looking at the dish there, um, ordinary people uh, achieving extraordinary things. I think the Prime Minister said, what's that thing doing in the middle of a sheep paddock? But just keep that in mind, that last quote. Sometimes you've got to take a risk. When we look at uh, um, Timothy uh, chapter 4, there's a charge there. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Well, what is the word? The word is simply Jesus. Jesus. This is what um, in John chapter one tells us, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. As Paul comes to the end of his letter, he approaches, um, he's approaching the end of his ministry. He sets a challenge for Timothy to be daring, to take a risk and to preach the word. I believe for the Christian, for me personally as a Gideon, as you you may well know, we are all similarly charged. It's our chance to be daring and sometimes we've got to take a risk. As Christians, we come firstly to understand that the Word of God reveals His presence. In Psalm 46 it says, Be still and know that I am God. It reveals His truth. The sum of your word is truth, it says in Psalm 119. It reveals his love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, all leading to our redemption through Christ's work on the cross. And then conquering death, he was resurrected to life, and we've just celebrated that. And as we come to accept the truth of his love and presence in our heart, we will be resurrected to eternal life in his kingdom. As believers in the authenticity of the word, its value in revealing God and being grateful for what Christ has done for us, we should therefore take seriously the very last thing that Jesus told us. This is the Great Commission. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and all Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is for the benefit of all mankind, not just one-fifth of uh, humanity, Jews, Gentiles. So Paul is so determined to reinforce the importance of, indeed, the urgency of preaching the word that he firstly charges Timothy in the presence of God. Now that's, that's his attention-getter. Now I've never had to um, swear an oath in a court of law. Um, on the Bible by Almighty God under the judgment of God that the evidence I will give will be the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, we've all heard that but I'd imagine that would be pretty daunting I would suggest that Paul's using the same strategy here the same technique in his presence, presenting the evidence of the truth of the gospel secondly the urgency to preach is highlighted by Paul saying that Christ Jesus himself is to judge the living and the dead. A reminder to Timothy that in the knowledge of his salvation through Christ, that the word of salvation is not just for the current generation. There are other generations to come. Generations who will come, who will live, who will die. And they will need to know the truth before it's too late before they come to judgment. So there's work to be done. Paul's saying to Timothy, you need to keep this thing going, Timothy, for the sake of all mankind. And also, that someday, Timothy's work will be reviewed by Jesus himself. We all like the idea of, you know, coming to stand before our Lord, and our Lord saying, well done, good and faithful servant. How wonderful to hear that. Now, We don't do the good work of sharing the gospel to maintain our salvation. We do the good work because we are saved and we want others to know that salvation. Remembering in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Thirdly, the urgency to preach is highlighted by his appearing. And his kingdom Jesus is to return as king that is the time when the worldly kingdoms and all the things that are in it and all the things that people might worship the material things desires false teachers and false prophets will be, will be replaced by the kingdom of the Lord Jesus and we all fall into that category And this is where I find my notes are out of order. When Adrian uh, came up and said, I'll pray for you, brother, my notes fell on the floor, and Might grab those for a minute. Yep. Me. Thank you.
0: That's
1: right. I think I was right after all. Apologies to those watching on Zoom. The next thing we're looking at is the application. Be ready in season and out of season. season. Reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Being ready in season and out of season, the obvious um, in seasons to share with uh, friends and family what we are celebrating or remembering uh, Christmas and Easter. Paul is saying, so be ready, take the opportunity or make the opportunity at any time you feel being led by the Holy Spirit. And as the character Glenn uh, in the movie said, when they were deciding whether or not to move the dish, uh, when the cyclonic uh, winds were getting up to 30 knot, knots, the character said, sometimes you've got to take a risk. So they decided to take a chance and move the dish. Um, in that circumstance, um, the process um, of moving that dish, the zenith access gears, they slipped back and it threatened the, the integrity of the, uh, of the whole structure. But then a miracle, the winds abated, Buzz Aldrin's activated the, um, the TV camera just as the moon rose into the telescope's field of view. This was science's chance to be daring. This is your chance to be daring. As one theologian once put it, the Christian must count or be aware of every time there is an opportunity to speak for Christ. Uh, I call these opportunities divine appointments. I think Adrian calls them divine intersections. Is that right, Adrian? Yeah. Sometimes the opportunity to share will turn up under the most unlikely or unexpected circumstances. Um, I was uh, waiting in a, um, at a hospital uh, for um, Helen to be, um, to be wheeled out of a, um, uh, an operating theatre. And I'm reading a newspaper, and a lady came up to me and she said, uh, is that, uh, can I have a look at that newspaper? I want to see what my stars say for the day. And I happened to have one of these little testaments um, in my pocket, one of those little Gideon testaments. And I offered it to her. I said, if you want to know what, your, what the future holds for you, Um, I'd like you to take this and read it. And she was absolutely delighted, she said I always wanted one of these. Um, So this is just, you know, an extraordinary circumstance. Sometimes the opportunity to share will turn up under the most um, um, ordinary circumstances. Um, Going down to the tyre service, local tyre service, you know, with a flat tyre. And um, there was a fellow there just up in Springwood and uh, I offered him a little testament, uh, he was telling me he was having a tough time and he said, oh, that'll give me something to read um, while I'm waiting for the next customer. Um, I received some help from a neighbour at the caravan park once and um, he uh, he was telling me, or rather I was telling him, um, about how I live in the mountains and we were being threatened by um, uh, two summers ago, threatened by the bushfires and how the forecast for the next day uh, was going to be catastrophic conditions. In other words, very high winds, very high temperatures. And uh, I shared with him how those, uh, those, those temperatures and those winds did come up, um, but then all of a sudden um, they abated. And he actually said to me, oh, it must have been intervention from above. And that gave me an opportunity to start talking about um, the word of God. Sometimes lightning will strike in the same place twice. I was up at Heatherbrae and um, traveling with a friend and he had a flat battery. And uh, a fellow came off, up and offered to, uh, to jump-start his car. And I said, look, uh, you've, uh, we've done some, you've done something for us. I'd like to do something for you. And gave him a little testament. In these circumstances, you could just walk away. Or sometimes, as in the dish, you just have to take a risk this does not mean that there are sometimes, there are times when we, 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 um, we shouldn't speak a rack. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. Sometimes you may feel that your relationship with someone might be threatened by being too direct. But be patient, wait on the Holy Spirit to show, show you how to teach and share your faith. You may feel that you can witness more effectively through acts of kindness, love and forgiveness When you become a Christian, you go through a change and people will notice that change. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, always be prepared to to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is within you. And yet, Paul says, do it with gentleness and respect. More often than not, you can sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit to take a chance to move that dish or not move that dish. I tried to take the lead from the Holy Spirit. You look for clues in the conversation. Sometimes say a quick little prayer. Ask the Spirit of God to help you and see what happens. I was talking to to, um, um, Sylvia, um, uh, again in a caravan park, and uh, I said to her, do you, um, do you believe in the Lord Jesus? And she said, um, yes but I'm just not quite there yet. And I gave her a little testament which um, shows the pathway um, to salvation on the back. Another time I wanted to feel like um, I wanted to give somebody a, um, um, a Bible and give some encouragement but it didn't feel right. Um, but I did it anyway and he rejected it but then that gives me um, somebody to pray for. By the same token, Paul says there are times when we need to rebuke. Sometimes someone must be made aware of their sin and the need for repentance. We're all in this category. The Bible says no one is perfect, no one. And God's standard is perfection. Perfection. It is literally a matter of life or death. The good news is, by the grace of the Lord Jesus, he did it all for us. So the task of reproving and rebuking can and should include the good news given to us in the word. That's why Paul says to do it with patience and teaching. Teach them that it's God's riches at Christ's expense that gets you out of the bondage of sin. Then it's up to the Holy Spirit to convict people. What about exhortation? Exhortation or encouragement can be a great tool for leading people to Christ. I once came across a bloke on a golf course um, who said he was reading the Bible to gain an understanding of what Christianity meant, but he he just wasn't quite there. I gave him a little Bible and it showed, showed him the summary of the pathway to salvation in the back and encouraged him to keep reading it. Now he talks openly about his faith in Christ, and he, not only that he talks about how God helped him um, through his battle with cancer. He's now in remission. There's a warning in uh, Timothy, Timothy's, um, in Timothy's, uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves um, teachers to suit their own passions, will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into this. Here I believe Paul is concerned that people will leave the church, maybe not even enter it, uh, because underneath the rejection of the truth can be something deeper, like other desires, passions of the heart. So when we are sharing Jesus with someone, we need to show them the truth not just at the intellectual level, but also at the heart level, the emotional level, the desire, love and passion that you have for Jesus in your own heart, knowing the truth of the gospel. Many of us might say, but I don't feel qualified to share Jesus at the the intellectual level. I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a theologian. I don't know much about apologetics. And that's fine, you might like to ask someone else in the church, Um, to help you with the intellectual argument or you might like want to get hold of um, good resources um, uh, some material like um, there's a good book here called Share Jesus Without Fear uh, by William Fay Uh, all good stuff at the heart level your own story can be very effective again once we've spoken it's up to the Holy Spirit people want to hear your story as I said before, they want to know the hope that's, with, that's within you. At the intellectual level, I couldn't reco- reconcile the expanse of the universe or particularly where it ended. And then when, once I decided there must have been an end to it, I said I had an even bigger problem. What's on the other side? See, so it's 93. The current thinking is that the universe is 93 billion light years in diameter. So, what's on the other side when we come to that? The other thing I'd struggle with is how come we exist in this particular solar system on a planet that's exactly the right distance from the Sun with um, all the resources that we need to sustain life? Is our very existence a, um, a freak of the Big Bang? Or has the universe and all that's in it come, come about from intelligent design? I couldn't work out how good I had to be to enter the kingdom of God. What's the cut-off line? Oh, yeah, I just didn't quite make it. You know, it's like, aunt, thank you for playing. Sorry. I was sharing these thoughts with, um, with um, many years ago with my wife-to-be, Helen, um, although I didn't know it at the time. And I certainly didn't know that, that at the time she was praying for me, that God would open my heart. Um, to accept the truth of the word. Then God spoke to me in his word. At the intellectual level, the the heavens, creation itself, declare the glory of God. At the heart level, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He makes me good by taking the punishment for my sin on the cross and shows the power of God that he has over death in the resurrection. We all have a story to tell. So what's the job and person specification? So Paul suggests, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfil your ministry. Sounds at first like um, a line from Mission Impossible. Your mission, Timothy, should you choose to accept it. I don't think Paul was giving... um, Timothy a choice, rather he chose Timothy as God chooses us for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works it tells us in Ephesians Timothy I would suggest is a good example of someone to follow, he was taught by Paul how to serve and thus proven to be devoted dedicated and disciplined in his commitment to Jesus he could be relied upon Ed Taylor in uh, his book, uh, Three Things to Follow in Timothy's Ministry, suggests that Paul's uh, letter to the Philippians, Timothy was shown to be prepared to go, positioned to care and proven to be faithful. So Paul in his his letter to Timothy gives him four pieces of advice. To be sober-minded, stay calm, focused, controlled. To endure suffering, as mentioned in Romans. Not only that, endurance, And in, um, it, <clears throat> not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, re-sufferings, endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us. The other thing is do the work of evangelist. An evangelist is someone who simply presents the good news of Christ. Timothy was to do this as part of his ministry as a church leader. We can all do this through our own testimony. People want to hear your story. Remembering we are his workmanship. He created us for these good works. And then lastly, Paul is saying, fulfill your ministry. A final reminder to accomplish the work he was created in Christ Jesus and then called us to do. I think there must have been many times Um, when after um, JFK announced that America will put a man on the moon and return him safely by the end of that decade. As he said, we choose to go to the moon not because it's easy, but because it's hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. At the time, NASA would probably thought this is mission impossible. Rockets blowing up, astronauts dying, More recently with the uh, space shuttle, um, it was once said, what we are doing is just barely possible. And today the world is faced with similar challenges, wars, rumors of wars, divided nations, pandemics, distracted or distorted by false teachings. Um, And we might say, where is our God in all of this? We might say, is that mission impossible to give people hope in Christ? So I would encourage you to draw strength from God's promises. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you a helper to be with you forever. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. there's one more very, very important promise I'd like to bring to you. As in Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So, take a risk. Be daring. Be part of it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adrian, for asking me to speak this morning. I hope that's been an encouragement for everybody.